Teaching meditation can be a deeply rewarding experience. Help others improve their mental and emotional well-being, reduce stress, improve focus, increase self-awareness and self-regulation, all while deepening your own practice and understanding. Join acclaimed author, Buddhist teacher, and Emmy Award-winning musician David Nickturn on Tuesday, May 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for a free online discussion on teaching meditation in Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash be here now for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn on May 28th. I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ram Dass's Love Server Member Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ram Dass, Krishna Das, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more, the Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. This podcast is a manifestation of our interconnected lives, and we wish to keep it free at all costs, if you can say that. So, we are dependent on the generosity of you, our listeners. So, please go to mindpodnetwork.com slash kd, and either use the donate button, or just bookmark the Amazon portal. We receive a small percentage of however much you paid for whatever you bought. Nothing extra for you, but a tangible contribution, if small, for us. You could also sign up for a free trial with the voluminous audible.com. We get something out of that, too. We thank you for the support and allowing us to continue presenting Krishnadas's excellent talks. Hi. Hi. just wanted to know, um, when you perform or when you are here, with us, a group of people that are... When I'm performing, I wear my snakeskin suit. (laughs) 
say, but you can you, see I haven't been wearing much lately. But go ahead. To participate with you, um, and we're connected to you because we come here, you know, to be part of what mm -hmm. you're doing. Was there any difference for you between being in a group like this or being in the Grammys? Or did you feel any disconnect? Was it just totally different? Just wanted to know if there was a difference. The Grammys. Oh. Um, until I started singing, there was a difference. <laughs> Once I'm singing, I don't know where the fuck I am. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter. But up to that point, we had a fit in. We had to do that song. It had to be five minutes. Not four minutes and 59 seconds. Not five minutes and one second. Five minutes. Right? So we had a plan how fast we were going to do it. How many times we were going to repeat each section, which obviously I never think about. And we had to make it fit in five minutes. And then we sent the charts for the song to the band, the Grammy band, which was supposed to play with us. But they didn't look at the charts. They only looked at the first part of it. So when we, the song changed for the second half, they were still playing the first half. However, <laughs> I actually didn't notice that. They told me that later. But uh, no, it was, you know, the whole idea, this is a practice. See, that's... No matter what's going on, when you do your practice, everything becomes something to let go of, at least in that moment. Everything. Everything. That's, that's why it's so cool. Because ultimately, everything that's not you is going to be let go of, and you're going to be there 100%. That's why it works. Anything you're thinking, anything you're experiencing... Any bright ideas, any terrific insights, God herself could come and sit right on your head. If I'm singing, I let go. So the whole process of getting there was a pain in the ass. The whole process of leaving was a pain in the ass, but singing was just singing. So that's my guru's blessing to me, you know. That, that can be like that. Um, I, Where are you? I, I'm right here. Hi. I kind of feel, it kind of feels like um, humanity in general is on the precipice of an uh, energetic shift. Uh-huh. From first people, gear to second gear or I, from fourth gear to first gear? <laughs> you know, when they talk about the age of Aquarius, more female politicians coming into power, a different kind of energy coming in and leading the planet, mm -hmm. you see that with the possible President Hillary Clinton... Angela Merkel, you know, a new mm -hmm. Federal Reserve chairman that's going to be a woman. Um, how do you feel? A woman's got the purse strings. All right. You said, you know, you've, be. you've been around a while and you've seen, you know. What are you trying to say? <laughs> you've seen a lot of changes politically and whatnot. And you've seen, I haven't seen fuck all. I watched, I read the sports pages and I sing. That's all I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know anything about that. You know, I. As, anyway, is there going to be a change for the better? Yeah. As Groucho Marx said, <laughs> when uh, he was interviewed by a, a newspaper guy, he had just married. He was about 95, and he married this 40-year-old woman. And the interviewer said, Mr. Marx, is it possible that a 95-year-old man could be happy with a 40-year-old woman? And Groucho said, I certainly hope so. <laughs> I hope things are getting better. I don't know. But, you know, do your part. Everybody should do their part. This is my part. 
You know, I don't, I don't know anything about politics. I don't know anything about most things. This I know a little bit about, and that's what I do. You sing, get to be the best you you can be, and then everything you do will be as good as it can be, and it will affect everybody in all directions for the best. Right? And it doesn't matter what you do. It matters how you do what you do. You know, I have a friend of mine who's running for uh, office in New Jersey, and she's going out of her mind because it's such nasty, miserable, dirty business. And she's a, a yogini. She's a good person. She doesn't want to do all that stuff, but she has to, you know, in order to try to get elected to help people. She has to resort to kinds of some of the things that she never thought she would be doing. So, you know, people think the president is the most powerful person in the world, you know, but by the time you get to be president, you made so many deals. You can't pick up your hand without having to, like, pay off 400,000 people in 80 different directions. It's, it, politics sucks, you know, and we're all, we're all suffering from the, how, how difficult it's become to do good in the world. Hi. Hi. Um, so I was recently diagnosed with something called achalasia, which is um, when you eat or drink, it's very painful. Really? Uh, yeah, it's like excruciating. About one in 100,000 people get it. Um, and it's also accompanied with really acute, painful, like heart attack-like symptoms. So I've been doing like spiritual practice for a while, but I'm, getting, I'm going through a process now where I'm like kind of pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any... Any ideas? Like, I'm, I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of people who go through chronic pain and all that stuff. Like, so how do I how do I move through this part of the human experience? You know, like, and I've heard Ram Dass talk about like grist for the mill, but like practically, what does that that mean for somebody like me? Well, what are your options? Right? You're here. This is the way it is. How are you going to deal with it? You're going to have to find a way to deal with it. If you sit around pissed all the time, you'll be sitting around pissed all the time. You'll get over that. There's practices to work with that kind of experience. I'm not an expert on that at all. And, uh, but you can work with that. There are people who do work with chronic pain. There's all kinds of practices, awareness practices, meditation practices to do, and also to deal with all the emotional stuff that comes up surrounding it. It's dealable with. That much I can tell you. The details, go and find people who do that. There are, they're out there. And if you want, I can ask around you email me or something. I'll ask some of my friends and see what they, who they know and what they say. But, you know, when my guru made me the priest of the Durga temple, in the, right there in the courtyard, I had to give out this, what they call charnanamrit, which means the, it means nectar from the feet. What it is is the, the water that was used to worship the deity. So people would come and I would give them this and I would I was taught to say this mantra. And the mantra the meaning of the mantra was take this water from the feet of the of the of God 
to protect you from sudden death. Because from their point of view, the worst thing that can happen to you is sudden death. Because you have no chance to prepare. You're just not in the body anymore. And what you have to go through in the bardo states are very difficult if you don't have preparation. So illness is grist for the mill in the sense that it gives us a chance to get real about things. We go through life like we're never going to fucking die. Come on, you know? Just, just another few more days of this, another year of this, another, maybe another one of these, another one of those, and then, then I'll get serious. And, you know, and then boom, you're gone. So, you know, the good news is that anything you're experiencing, you can work with because it is not you. If you can experience it, if you're aware of it, it isn't you. You aren't even you. You are pure awareness. So you can find a way into that place and then deal with whatever it is. And you can do that. It's, it's doable. You just have to figure out what it is, and you can, you'll find out. So start looking. Write to me. I'll try to find some stuff for you. But there's people who do this, because you're not alone. So many people have chronic pain, really chronic pain. And it, on one hand, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. On another hand, it's not that bad, is it? You're not over there dodging bombs. You're not over there where you, you can't find food even if you want it. You know, all those other things. you got a lot going for you. You're here. And that's a big thing. So it all comes from that. It'll all come from and through that and through who you really are. And you'll get on, you'll deal with it. What else are you going to do? There's nothing else to do. So. Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, hi. Um, it's bright in here, eh? No, I have a concussion. I'm lucky I'm here today because somebody crashed into me. So okay. the glasses help okay. with the light. But anyway. Anyway. Um, I grew up with uh, following the Jewish religion mm-hmm. as yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a, I'm just confused about a guru. You speak uh-huh. about your guru and how this person helped you. And should everybody have one? Should you look for one? I'm just not understanding it. And what does that have with being? Did, why, why did you preface that with that you're Jewish? No, I because there isn't a guru. It's your Jewish what? mother uh-huh. telling you right from wrong and <laughs> and or following. You guru know, is not your mother. <laughs> no, it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> so, what's your opinion on having a guru? <laughs> Should everybody have one? Should you look for one? I'm confused about. You know, guru, God, and self they say over and over again, are one thing, are not different. This is an impossible statement for us to understand in our state of mind. Guru, God, whatever that could be, and self, whatever that is, are the same. So the guru is not outside of you. It's not somebody else. Neither is God outside of you, somebody else. God is self, your true nature, who you are. Pure being, which is inside of all of us, which is all there is in there. Everything else is over that, a covering, a covering of thoughts and beliefs and emotions. But that's all covering 
on top of who we are. Guru, God, and self are one. So whether you meet a guru or your guru in a physical body or not, it's almost irrelevant. Like this guy, you got to live. There's no vacation from life. There's no days off from life. You're here. you got to deal with shit. Find the best way to deal with it, whatever works for you. Whether you run into somebody who is a guru or not, you don't know. But what's the sense? What, are you going to wait? I think I'll stay home till somebody knocks on the door. <laughs> no. You know, it doesn't work like that. It's all your own longing to find real love that is propelling you in the first place on this path. Guru or no guru, it doesn't make any difference. You want something that you have to find, that you have to figure out what to do to find that. Next, it's an irrelevant question. Although it's good to hear that it's irrelevant because a lot of people think, oh, I don't have a guru, I'm never going to get it together. Right, that's called thought. <laughs> Next. The next thought will be, oh, I don't need no fucking guru. That's called a thought. Next. You see, it doesn't matter what you think. You're here. Deal with that. Be yourself. Find out who that is and what that is. And your real guru is your own true nature. And that's, a guru knows that. We don't know that. That's the thing. So we have to find out who, what's going on. And once you turn more towards your inner being and try to learn these, you know, do some practice and start, lots of things start to happen. You run into all kinds of stuff. Already, look what you ran into today. Hey, God bless you, as my grandfather used to say. I'd like to know, uh, why would you still be depressed at this stage of the game? Just for fun. Karmas, you know, uh, just karmas. I, I grew up depressed. My mother was depressed. My father was depressed. It's, it was, it's home base in a way, you know? Um, it's a really good question. It, the thing is, you can't... First of all, there's, you're making, a, naturally, a judgment that depression is not cool. You know. So don't do it if you don't like it. <laughs> Nobody's making you. If I want to be depressed, that's my business. You have to be something. Fuck it. Why not depressed? <laughs> what is happy? Happy so great? It doesn't last either. Bullshit. I'll take something that feels feels like home. <laughs> No, no, you know, truth is, I, I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as depressed anymore. I would say I'm moody. <laughs> yeah, moody. And the moods don't last that long, really, like they used to. They really, I mean, we're always in some mood or other, but... Must be important. So anyhow, Moody, you know, uh, I used to live in this like black, dark world that just had no joy in it. You know, really, you know, no. And it didn't seem to be any way out of it. 
I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a happy camper. I wasn't getting the things I wanted. I didn't have nice relationships. I wasn't, they, you know, outwardly I was friendly and people kind of liked me, but I always thought that's because they didn't know me, you know? But that stuff, those, those habits of thought, they don't go away so fast, but they have gone away to a great extent. I mean, they just don't, those, those heavy moods don't arise quite the way they used to, and they don't last as long. Um, but I'll tell you what, there's even another level about it is, you know what? I don't care how I feel so much. That's the weird thing. Used to be, how am I feeling now? How am I now? How am I doing now? How am I feeling? Yeah, I don't feel that good about this. I remember what that guy said, and this, and this didn't happen, and the car broke down. I was so concerned with my life and myself and how I felt. Now, you know, it's not the only story going on here. I'm not saying that I'm still not obsessed with myself. <laughs> God forbid. But it's just, it's not the only thing I'm obsessed with, you know. It's, it's different now. I just don't care that much how I feel. So I don't feel good. So uh, what does it mean I don't feel good? Ram, ram. It, the practice has gone so deep that whatever I'm feeling, you know, kind of floats away. And it doesn't stick the same way it used to stick. Good. I'm glad for you. And this is, this is the only reason I'm talking about this is not, I'm just trying to point out what's possible for us. It's not necessarily that you have to be somebody else or change everything in your life. But through these practices and through being on the path and doing these practices, if things aren't working out exactly the way you thought they would, okay, so what? They'll work out some other way. It stops being so life or death every minute. And that's, that's a lot, and that's a good thing. Where? Hi. 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 How are you? Um, Based out, jet lag, but I'm happy to be here. Okay, good to hear it. Okay. I, um... The microphone's in your hand and your mouth should be pointed at it. Okay, better? Yeah, thank you. See? I don't necessarily practice chanting, but I do listen to the chanting music while I'm cleaning. Or That's I'm practicing. It is? Sure. That's, that was going to be my question. That's, that's going to be my answer. Thank you. <laughs> Works for me. Which is actually one of the reasons that we chant out loud, is that other people hear it. And in hearing the name, when you hear the name, what's actually going on? Is the name, are you hearing it out there, inside the uh, MP3 player? No, you're hearing it in here. You're becoming aware of that inside of you, so to speak. So it's not a lot of difference between that and singing out loud. If you're not hearing it inside, you can't be singing it either. Well, I do sing out loud. Yeah, good. But that's good. But silent repetition and hearing is just as important and just a big thing as uh, jumping up and down and singing. Which is the reason that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started people singing out loud. In the old days, 
they didn't really do a lot of, the chanting was Vedic chanting and it wasn't, the repetition of the name was more of a meditative chant, a meditative practice. But Chaitanya brought that out and had people go out, go around and sing because other people would then hear and even hearing it, he believed was a great blessing. And like I said about Ramakrishna, every repetition of the name, whether you hear it or sing it yourself, is still a seed. So when I say Ram, you all get the seed of that as well as me. If I go, only I get it. So this is a way of sharing the practice with others um, in a very simple way. It doesn't have to be uh, the Salvation Army, but it's a very simple way of sharing. Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about what your practice includes. Is it just the, just, is it chanting only or does it include um, things like asan as well? Or I know you made mention to the metta prayer. You touch my toes. <laughs> I'm just, I know that, I know chanting is very important, but do you also <coughs> do other things as part of your practice? Sure, I do. Uh, I do asanas, I do pranayama. And I think they're very important for me, especially at 66. Sometimes the crane doesn't work in the morning to get out of bed. And then if I didn't do asanas, I'd probably have to crawl around for two hours. So um, asana is very helpful to keep the body, the energy moving through the body and keep the body limber. And pranayama is also very useful for many things. Um, yeah. What else? Can, can you, like... How often, or can you give just an example of how often you do it, what it includes? As often as I can. Okay. As often as I can. If I'm home, if I'm not traveling, I do it every day. If I'm traveling, I go, oh, day off. <laughs> and then when I can't touch my feet the next day, okay, day off. No, I do it as often as I can, but if I don't do it, I don't kill myself. Much. <laughs> you know... I used to do a lot of asana practice, a lot of pranayama, and a lot of sitting meditation. Then I met my guru. And I stopped doing everything, because the sun came out, and I'm sitting there like this. This is where I want to be. Why would I go in the other room to do asana practice when the sun is shining outside right here with me? So that was interesting. And when I was in that love, I stopped doing practices. Uh, and then the sun went down and it became nighttime. And that's when I had to start doing practices again. But it had changed the way I did practice, having met that love, having been graced by being in that love and being able to love and be loved in that true, unconditional, full way. It changed the way everything, I did everything, it changed the way I lived, it changed everything. So even though I still do those things, it's all about the love. It's not about the things themselves. So in other words, I'm not trying to become a great yogi, asana practice yogi, that kind of yogi anymore. I was at one time hoping I'd be, a, you know, do all those fancy stuff, you know. No, I don't give a shit. I just want to get out of bed, sit up straight, be happy. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. 
I'm just wondering what your um, guru would say a great yogi is. Yeah. What about what is he, what he said a great yogi is? Yeah. Well, in the Bhagavad Gita, I think Krishna says, "He who whose heart breaks with with the pain of others, he I consider a great yogi." And I think that's what he would have said. Thank you very much. You have to send the money to him. I can't. Uh, you can bribe him. He's bribable. Where are you? Here. Uh, hi. Can you talk a little bit about um, chanting and practice and healing for um, sickness? Probably not. Because I don't think of it that way. You know, I... All the practices I do, in fact, my whole life is like that Rumi poem, you know. I spent my whole life crying at your doors, doorway, you know, trying to get in the door, you know. That, that, that's what my life is about. Uh, so uh, interesting. I mean, I mean, so I wouldn't think of using it for a particular thing, you know. Uh, but maybe that's just because I haven't been put in that position yet where, you know, I'm sick enough to ask Maharaji to heal me, you know, to, to try to, to do my... I, I think I wouldn't, but you never know. But even if I did, still the real prayer would, Maharaji, be with me. Let me be in this love no matter what happens to me or in anybody else, you know, um, and try to keep the right perspective about things, you know. I mean, you know, it's a very simple thing, but it was pretty earth-shattering when Buddha came out of the jungle and said, hey, there's suffering in the world. Because nobody was looking at that. Everybody was trying to go to heaven, and, and nobody was dealing with the shit, you know? And he said, oh, you can't get there from here unless you deal with this stuff. Nobody was doing that. So at that time, so um, it's a really, the, the question of what is suffering, how to deal with it, how to deal with it every day in all its forms, is what the path is about. So different people approach it different ways. Uh, healers may have a gift to heal. Uh, I don't. I have a gift to sing. So that's what I do. But I don't sing for any, uh, any purpose other than trying to be in that love, in that loving presence. So that's just what I do. So. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. We really appreciate your support and hope you'll continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com kd and clicking on the donate button or using our amazon.com portal for all of your purchases. Thank you. Namaste.